traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Uh oh, breaking news. Breaking news. Russia has seized the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Didn't the Russians break that a long time ago? Chernobyl, the great big meltdown in 86. All right, the uh, the defunct, decrepit, rundown, not any longer working nuclear power plant is in the hands of the Russians. All right, look. So, yeah, he invaded. Uh, we all knew this was coming, obviously. All right, and I got to tell you, it's no big deal. Yeah, oh, how could he say it? it's It's no big deal. Everybody needs to... I don't know. Get a grip. Um, now, why, why? How is this no big deal? Well, number one, we knew it was coming for a long time. All right, Putin's a tyrant and a bad guy. He's been on the stage, the world stage, for twenty years. We know he's a bad guy. We know that Joe Biden is weak. We know he gave uh, conflicting signals. He essentially gave a green light. Well, if you got to invade, you got to invade. He said it. He Joe Biden said it. He gave up. He gave up less six weeks ago. He gave up. He's got to do something. My guess is he will. It was a signal. Go ahead and do whatever you want. All of our personnel are out of there. State Department personnel. He's taking over the country. Now, <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, does it affect my daily life? It could down the road. Yours, too. Gas prices, I don't like the world to be less stable. I want more stability, but I also want more freedom. Sometimes they don't go hand in hand. Uh, um, you know, the more stability, the less freedom. We've seen that before. Anyway, uh, why am I saying this is not a big deal? Well, maybe because of my own wartime experience. Because in 2003, I had to get on a plane and get on, well, three planes, actually. And I found myself in Kuwait, the desert in Kuwait. And I was there in January and February of 2003, telling myself, there's no way we're going to invade. This is a ridiculous, this is a ridiculous excursion. No, no, this is unnecessary. Now, how did I know it was unnecessary? Well, I flew over Iraq as a United States Marine enforcing the so-called no-fly zone. It was something of a joke. There was no, uh, there was no air power that Saddam Hussein had. He couldn't fly if he wanted to. It was just, I don't know what it was. We totally dominated that country. They were cut off. They couldn't do anything, yet we invaded. Now, Putin is invading a country that used to be part of his country. In his lifetime, as an adult, Ukraine was part of Russia the Soviet Union, right? They were the same country. I guess, you know, look, I don't want it to happen, but I can understand his longing for that country. I can. I can. There, I said it. I can. What I couldn't understand was why the hell we had to go all the way around the world to invade a country 
to get Saddam Hussein, to get his weapons of mass destruction. And oh, by the way, there were no weapons of mass destruction. So we ha- everyone's running around with their heads cut off. Oh, my God, he did it. Ah. Including people who should know better, right? Do we have that yet? Uh, go ahead and get that. This uh, ambassador, former ambassador to Russia from the United States is crying, and he's saying how evil he is. I'm like, you think? How is this uh, news to you? We knew this was going to happen. It's happened. So, I, I mean, big picture here. Also, CNN all day long. He's invaded a sovereign nation. A sovereign nation. How do, well, g- Give me an example of a nation that's not sovereign. I don't know. Like, that's somehow it's special that it's sovereign. You know, all these countries have militaries. Every single country on earth almost has a military. Small countries, big countries, they have militaries. And sooner or later, one country wants to roll in next door and take it over. It happens. It ha- it, you can look it up. It's in the Bible. Happened in b- b- before Christ. Happened after Christ. Happened in medieval times. The Crusades, they just, that's, it's just part of the deal. Now, what isn't part, what's very unique, very rare, and only America can do it, although everyone else is catching up, to go to the other side of the world and invade and take over a country. And we did. We tried that with Iraq. And it was obviously a catastrophic mistake, a great, big, fat mistake. And what did this country do? It reelected George W. Bush. Now, I was absolutely no John Kerry fan. No way. But I would have taken a dead horse over George W. Bush. You invade the wrong country to get weapons of mass destruction. No weapons of mass destruction. That's all on you. It was an optional war. And you made it happen. So when I look at Russia going into Ukraine, I kind of shrug my shoulders. I do. I, you know, I mean, I've been looking at Putin for a long time, and he's been looking at us. And he, by the way, knows all the crazy junk we're up to. This diversity, this equity, this inclusion. A military more concerned with gender change surgery than blowing things up. That's the new reality. That's Joe Biden's military. So I'm not shocked. And why the hell is this guy? You're about to hear Michael McFall is his name. It was Obama's ambassador to Russia. He's a Stanford Ph.D. I actually caught him online once. He was talking to some troll, and he was bragging about how much money he makes. He makes so much a million dollars a year, he says, and everybody loves him, and he has fans all over the world. This is a diplomatic State Department foreign service guy. And he's bragging online about how many Twitter followers he has. That's another thing. Everyone has lost their mind. Everyone's taking their eye off the ball. They're thinking about followers. How do I look? Let me take another picture of myself doing something. I'm a diplomat, but I care about how many Twitter followers I have. Are you serious? Now listen to this guy. Wet his pa- this is a diplomat. I mean, hasn't he been around the block? And this has gone viral because a diplomat is wetting his pants. His name is Michael McFall. And his reaction to uh, the events of the past 24 hours. I think this will be Putin's Afghanistan moment, but it'll come at a terrible price and a terrible cost to the Ukrainian people. And I, I do not, there's no rationality here. He is, he is motivated by some crazy ideas. I want to really emphasize that. I listened to his speech on Monday. I listened to his speech last night. He's talking about denazification. There are no Nazis in Ukraine. The leader of Ukraine is not a Nazi. 
He's a democratically elected leader. He's Jewish. He is not a Nazi. And for, for just to, I, I, I'm sorry I'm so emotional, but we've got to get over the fact that we're going to deal with this guy in some realpolitik cost-benefit analysis. We've got to treat him as an irrational, evil leader who is unjustly and grossly attacked a free and democratic Ukraine. Now you tell us. Now you tell us. He had power for all that time, and now he just makes a spectacle out of himself online. I believe when he said denazification, it was a metaphor, but who the hell knows? All right? This guy was the ambassador. Now he's not. Did he ever talk like that to Putin when he had the chance? No. We actually have him on tape praising Putin. We'll show you that tonight on Newsmax. I think we're working on that. And uh, I, I, I just, it's the country right next door. What was Michael McFall? What were these other State Department eggheads doing in 2002, 2003, while George W. Bush for weirdo Oedipal uh, father complex things that he had going on in his head. What's, what, what is it called when it's, yeah, Oedipal complex is about your mother. What's it called when you have a father complex, when you got something like that? What's that called? What's the, what's the um, flip side of Oedipal? I don't know. But whatever it was, George W. Bush had it going on with his dad. Who you will remember uh, went into Iraq, but not far enough, turned around, and uh, let Saddam Hussein stay in power. And George W. Bush thought, I'm going to go in. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to get Saddam. Well, great. Yeah, Saddam was a bad guy, but you blow up half the block doing it. It's like you got a neighbor who you don't like, and you want him evicted, but you can't evict him. So instead, you burn the neighborhood down. That's what we did. That's what America did. Because you thought he had, uh, I don't know, you know, an arsenal of guns in the basement. Turns out he had a slingshot. So am I wrong here? I mean, I just, I don't think so. I feel pretty good about this. And I'm also pointing out to people that our country needs to grow the hell up. We need to grow up and we need to get a bit more sophisticated. We do. Now, I'm going back to George W. Bush because we had the such an amateur, and most of them are amateurs, Bush, Obama, Biden, the only pro we've had. The only person who knew anything about negotiation, about strength at a table, was Trump, who actually knew these people apart from the sick game, cheap game of politics. And you saw what the swamp did to him. So W uh, W blows it. And wait, where was I? Oh, yes, we need to become more sophisticated because... They elected W because, remember that whole thing? He was the guy we'd like to have a beer with, right? I mean, this whole likability thing. Hey, Trump often is not a likable guy. You know what I mean? That's okay. That's okay. You want somebody to be president who's, quite frankly, better than you at certain things. This whole thing, they're going to try to fool us. Oh, he's just like us. Oh, I want somebody who I want somebody who goes to the state fair and eats crummy food and drinks a Slurpee because that's what I do. No, I know what I do. I want something better than that in the White House, okay? And when these phony baloney fools go there and eat those stupid corn dogs and the press judges them on it, who's losing? The country. The country and what are our enemies producing? Savvy, smart strategic thinkers. 
Is Joe Biden a savvy, smart, strategic thinker? He can't handle anything. And, oh, by the way, yes, he's compromised. $7 million in total, at least, came to the Biden family from Russia and Ukraine. If there's a war going on between two countries, and both of those countries, they've given you money, that's going to put you in a difficult spot if you're the president of the United States. And what do they have on them? What can they release on him? They got it. They got stuff on him. I'm convinced. And so is Rudy Giuliani. And, hey, oh, by the way, there's a grand jury still looking into um, Hunter. Looks like at first I didn't think it was a real investigation, but 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 who knows? Who knows? All right. A couple of things I wanted to share with you from last night. Uh, oh, is it time? It is time. You let me know. I quite frankly think that this is not something we should get too worried about. It is Joe Biden's fault. He's compensating. He's compensating for the screw up in Afghanistan. And you know who was taking notes when we lost it in Afghanistan. All right. More when we come back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Ay, ay, ay. I'm kind of sick of it already. They're trying to make. I remember somebody said this about war. It's actually during Vietnam. And Vietnam was kind of a crazy war. And it was pretty intense, but then there were lulls. And this uh, officer said to another, he said, well, it's not much of a war, but it's the only one we got. I it stayed with me. I wasn't there, but it stayed with me. This is, um, boy, they're banging the gongs. They're, they're, they're really hyping the hell out of this thing. Every time I look up and I see Kiev, it looks, Kiev or Kiev, it looks pretty peaceful to me. I know stuff's going on over there. And Russia is taking it over. But it's just not as unthinkable as uh, that Ambassador McFall guy tried to make it out to be. And oh, by the way, anybody who voted for Joe Biden, I think it's okay for you to say, I want my money back. I want my money back. Not that I voted for Joe Biden, but I still want my money back. Here's him talking big, big tough guy, Joe Biden in 2019. What did he say about Putin? Oh, he's scared of Joe. Really scared of Joe. Cut 17. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president. But to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Things are going to change. More invasions. <laughs> It'll go right back to the way it used to be. Invasions of Ukraine in 2014. Biden, yes, Biden and Obama. And the new, the, the world order, the system, the system, our precious system. He loves that system so much. There he is. Where is this thing about the system? Listen to Joe talk about the system. He loves the system. Think about what he means when he says the system here. Cut 20. I ask the question, how many of you today are concerned there's, a, for the first time in your career, a genuine possibility of a nuclear war? In January, it would have been about 1%, and they would have thought it would occur if only if ISIS got a hold of a nuclear weapon or an accident occurred. Folks, this breaking down of the international and national norms 
is the glue that holds the liberal world order together and holds together our system. Our system. Our system that makes a low-intelligence, mediocre guy like Joe Biden from nowhere state Delaware, president of the United States, and makes his son a rich man and all his brothers rich, himself rich. That's one hell of a system. And let's review the numbers one more time. $7 million to the Bidens from Russia and Ukraine. $7 million that we know about. Uh, I think you should get your money back. Now, Joe Biden is going to speak in just a little while. What the hell is he going to say now? His words are meaningless. It doesn't, I mean, just give it up. This would be a great, great opportunity to resign, actually. A great opportunity to resign. You know all that woke nonsense that we've been doing, consumed with? The Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, all that stuff. And yes, we overreacted, overcorrected, and the whole damn thing has made us more vulnerable. Promoting people like Dr. Rachel Levine, formerly Richard Levine, now a senior government official in the Biden administration. Our media, not obsessed with strategy, but obsessed with that boy swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania who's pretending to be a girl. All of these things, we've taken our eye off the ball, and yes, we are less safe. Thanks a lot, Joe. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, Danny's on the phone uh, from Long Island. Hi. Good afternoon, Greg. When I started off by paying three sixty-five for gas on my way to a supermarket where I picked up a steak that was skirt steak, $24 a pound, $41 for a pound and a half piece of meat, and then I got home and I watched this disaster, and you're 100% right. The media makes it ass of them. The only thing they love more than a plane crash or a civil war is war. They got this idiot from CNN standing on a balcony wearing a helmet that's three times too big, <laughs> the chin straps over his face with a white piece of tape that says press. And he's telling it there's explosions. He's on the air for 30 minutes. I don't even see a firecracker go off. They, they, they're rooting for this like it's uh, – you know why? Because I finally said they might get some ratings because no one else cares about CNN or anything else. This is another Biden disaster. We've been looking at the Russians for 50 years. We know they've been the bad guys. And the first thing that Biden did when he came to office is take the sanctions off the pipeline because he ended everything Trump did, and he's been wrong on every single move, and this is going to come back to haunt him. It's amazing in 13 months how much damage this senile old man did. It's amazing. It's simply unbelievable. Yeah. So what are you making a steak for, for yourself, for lunch? That's a lot of, that's a lot of beef for one guy. What do you, what, what, what's going on? Well, I'm picking up dinner for my wife and my only – I have four boys. Only one's left. They're all grown. Two are policemen. One works in the hospital. So my 18-year-old son, who's an athlete, could probably eat the $44 steak by himself if I let him. Wow. But, you know, just picking up a few items. The cost of everything is through the roof. And now gas is going to go to 100 and something dollars a barrel. I can't imagine what people are going to be paying for food in this country in a month from now. I, and it's all on the president. You got great energy, man. You got a lot of energy, man. Seriously, you got great energy. I know what you mean about the gas. I told you the other day, I filled up. It cost almost 100 bucks, And I don't have a very big car. 100 bucks. 
That's going to be – granted, it was in Manhattan, and it was, uh, what, almost five bucks a gallon, but uh, whatever. All right, Danny, great stuff. Agree totally. Jamal is on the phone. Oh, Jamal from the Bronx. Yes, hello. How are you? Hey, Rick, how are you, man? Good. What's going on? This is the first time I'm going to compliment you. Even my, my, my family, they're going to hate me. First of all, I, I'm not like other your listeners. I don't like you. We both know that because I'm not conservative. I'm leftist. But you are right today. I agree with you today. I don't know what you smoke or you eat today. I agree with you. I told your producer, I agree with you. Well, what do you agree with? I've been saying a lot of smart stuff today. What, what specifically? I agree with you that you're right about the war. I don't give a damn about Ukraine and Russia. I agree with you that Putin was created by all, including your favorite President Trump, because he shook hands with him. So don't deny it. Well, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that, but uh, maybe you were thinking of uh, I didn't. I mean, Trump. Trump deserves credit. Uh, Tr- Putin didn't mess with Trump. You can look it up. He was he, he. There was aggression from Putin against every one of our presidents except Trump. Now, perhaps you also were tantalized by what I said about the Iraq War, which was a great big fat waste of time. Do you agree, Jamal? Fifty percent. agreement or 150%? No, 50%. Why? Because because you're giving a credit to a president that could have done a lot of things with Putin, and he didn't. He had a choice, Trump, to go up there and say, listen, either you change or we're going to take all your money because I have problems right now in my Hey, man, listen, you know what? Your leftist friends tried to sabotage the Trump presidency, all right? All that crap, Vinman, the phony impeachment, all that stuff, Russiagate, your friends try to – so if he you – know, there are other things he could have done. Yes, strategic initiatives that I wish he had the bandwidth to uh, undertake. But, you know, unfortunately, the left sabotaged his presidency. They did, Jamal. They cut him off at, at his knees, and it was bad stuff. But I all remember. I, I can't now re- figure out what exactly you agree with me on. But I love the spirit. How is the family, Jamal? Everybody else good? Everybody is good. By the way, I have to compliment you. I agree with you about the Russian collusion. There was no Russian collusion. I'm only one of those leftist people that they don't believe there was a Russian collusion. Yeah. Okay. All right. I agree with you. All right. I'm not saying that you were wrong. I'm saying that listen, he didn't do what he could do like other three presidents before. Period. So don't give any of our president any credit. I didn't care. All right. That, Jamal, thank you. I, 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 thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. I can't tell. He ought to slip it in there. You think he slips it in there that I like he he gives himself wiggle room. He gives me a compliment. Then he then he throws it in there. He says it's okay. Anyway, I love that guy. We've come a long way in our relationship. All right. Let's see here. One more. Uh... Uh, Tony in New Jersey. Hi, Greg. God bless you and your family. I just want to make a, a quick point. I do agree with you that uh, the the uh, Biden family, Biden family, has been lining their pockets for years from other countries, and now the interest is being called in. I believe Biden gave the keys to Putin to enter the Ukraine, and I certainly believe that. 
that that uh, Xi, uh, Xi Jinping is watching everything that's going on, and Putin is showing him how easy it's going to be for him to try and take Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, also, he just flew a couple of planes over Taiwan. Chinese planes flew over Taiwan this morning, I think. And if you're President Xi, I said this months ago that it's going to happen. Uh, what's his name? Putin's going into Ukraine, and Xi will go into Taiwan, and we'll just be standing here like a big, dumb, stupid giant that used to be a player. I'm sorry, but we've lost it. We have lost it, and uh, we can get it back. But right now, uh-uh, ain't looking good. Tony, thank you. What's my situation? Oh, all right, good. Uh, one more, if you don't mind. I want to go to California. Some guy named Alex or girl named Alex is on the phone. Alex, hello. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to comment about the Ukraine situation. Are you the guy up in... uh uh what is that? The the Tech Valley? What do they call that? Silicon Valley? Yes. Okay. What's up? Yeah, I just want to say uh, no foreign power is imposing the current government of Vladimir Putin on the people of Russia. It has existed for the last 20 years because the, the majority of Russians actually support and maintain it. So they're responsible for its actions, just like the, the Japanese and Hiroshima and Nagasaki were responsible for the actions of their government. That means Western sanctions and... Ukrainian military operations should target the general Russian population when they have suffered. In that, the- I don't think I agree with you on that. I think it happens to be against international law. I think you have to target military, actually targeting civilian women and children. That is uh, that's against uh, the Hague. That's against international law. And it's just against common human decency. We don't want to do that. All right. Now, I know we bombed Hiroshima and we bombed Nagasaki and a lot of innocent people lost their lives. But um, it's a totally different set of circumstances. It's quite frankly a different conversation. But no, I don't want to see women and children targeted in Ukraine or uh, Russia or non-combatants of any kind. I think that's a terrible idea, Alex. Yes, but uh, yeah, Alex, uh, do you have Russian roots? Uh, Ukrainian roots? You got a dog in this fight? Uh, well, I have a dog in the fight in the sense of humanity. So yeah, well, you just told me you want to see, uh, you know, or innocent Russians uh, taken out. Come on. What, are you from over there? You're not You're not innocent when you're supporting the government. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Listen, some people are just trying to get through the day, all right? They're just trying to get through the day. We don't take it out on the civilians, all right? We're not going to do that. Alex, I appreciate the call, though. Uh, can't have that. We can't have that. Um Let's see, one more. Uh, Saul is in Long Island, yes. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good. Listen, Bill O'Reilly this morning was on Bernie and Sid's show, and he thinks this is not Joe Biden's fault for all of this. I mean, if I cannot believe Bill O'Reilly, who am I supposed to believe? And then he says that 80 million people voted for Joe Biden. Where he get this number from? 80 million ballot votes, yeah, but 80 million people, they never voted for Joe Biden. He's lying. Now, wait a second. Number one, he's not lying. That's what he believes. Lying is another thing. And, you know, you call up and you're like, well, I can't believe I didn't agree with Bill O'Reilly on something. That's okay. You can disagree. Sometimes people call when they hear something I say and they don't like or something that Bill said. It's like they call and they want their money back or they call and they want him, like, canceled or, you know, you it's all part of the conversation. You know, you're supposed to. You call up, and, and I appreciate you saying that you would disagree. That's fine. But you seem a little bit outraged by it. Like, how could he say such a thing? He says it. He believes it. I've heard him say stuff like that before. He's a brilliant guy. Doesn't mean he's uh, infallible. You know what I mean, Saul. 
<sighs> ah, you see, I'm make, I'm talking sense into you. You agree. That was the sigh of, eh, he's got a point, right? I got a bit of a point there, right? Right? How about how about this? Oh, what? How, how about, are you still there? Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Mm. How about this? Uh, Sid, Sid is sitting there. He's like, I don't believe it. Sid said something too? What? Sid did not disagree with Bill O'Reilly? He went along with it? He's like a little girl. He cannot. Hey, Saul, how many times do we have to talk about this? All right. You call, you complain about my colleagues. You know, it puts me in an awkward position. They, they, their, their office is right down the hall. I pass them in the hall. If I don't beat you about the face and breast, chest, neck and head, metaphorically, they'll be upset. All right. All right. (laughs) All right. Fair enough, Saul. Saul, where do you work? I'm not going to call and make it publicly berate your employees. That's going to put you in an awkward position. Fair? No, I'm smart enough. I work for myself. I don't work for nobody. Oh, well, listen, I'm sorry I don't own the radio station, you know, but that's the way it is. We all can't be. What is it you? Anyway, I got to go. Thank you, Saul. Thank you all. I got to take a quick break. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, I think everything's going to be okay. Joe Biden is taking the microphone. Oh, boy. How worse can this get? I want to listen to this. All right? All right. Put him up. Of those designations against corrupt billionaires in the days ahead. On Tuesday, we stopped the Russian government from raising money from U.S. or European investors. Now we're going to apply the same restrictions to Russia's largest state-owned enterprises, companies with assets that exceed $1.4 trillion. Some of the most powerful impacts our actions will come over time as we squeeze Russians' access to finances and technology for strategic sectors of its economy and degrade its industrial capacity for years to come. Between our actions and those of our allies and partners, we estimate that we'll cut off more than half of Russia's high-tech imports. It will strike a blow to their ability to continue to modernize their military. It will degrade their aerospace industry including their space program. It'll hurt their ability to build ships, reducing their ability to compete economically. And it will be a major hit to Putin's long-term strategic ambitions. And we're preparing to do more. In addition to the economic penalties we're imposing, we're also taking steps to defend our NATO allies, particularly in the East. Tomorrow, NATO will convene a summit. We'll be there to bring together the leaders of 30 allied nations, and close partners to affirm our solidarity and to map out the next steps we will take to further strengthen all aspects of our NATO alliance. Although we provided over $650 million in defensive assistance to Ukraine just this year, it's last year, let me say it again. Our forces are not and will not be engaged in the conflict with Russia in Ukraine. Our forces are not going to Europe to fight in Ukraine, but to defend our NATO allies and reassure those allies in the East. As I made crystal clear, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. And the good news is, NATO is more united and more determined than ever. There is no doubt, no doubt that the United States and every NATO ally will meet our Article 5 commitments which says an attack on one is an attack on all. 
Over the past few weeks, I ordered thousands of additional forces to Germany and Poland as part of our commitment to NATO. On Tuesday, in response to Russia's aggressive action, including its troop presence in Belarus and the Black Sea, I've authorized the deployment of ground and air forces already stationed in Europe to NATO's eastern flank allies, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, and Romania. Our allies have also been stepping up, adding the other allies, the rest of NATO, adding their own forces and capabilities to ensure collective defense. And today, within hours of Russia's unleashing its assault, NATO came together and authorized and activated an activation of response plans. This will enable NATO's high readiness forces to deploy and when and where they are needed to protect our NATO allies on the eastern boundaries of Europe. And now I'm authorizing additional U.S. force capabilities to deploy to Germany. You know what I say to all this? Uh, let me hear some Canadian truck drivers. Cut 25, please. Yes. Yes. What's Joe Biden doing? He's moving around little, little, he's playing checkers. He's playing checkers. Putting 3,000 troops in Poland. I uh, just, this is, well, you got to just take the loss there, Joe. And uh, even those uh, sanctions you just outlined. How about Europe? Stop buying the oil. They can't. They need the gas. They need the oil. They need that old fashioned fossil fuel from Russia. We're screwed. Uh, that whole push, that whole uh, let's build windmills, let's uh, build solar panels. No, no, ain't going to happen. It just does not have the the thrust, does not have the, the juice of that. What do they call it? Liquid gold, black tea. What do they call it? Anyway, the, whoever saw that, the, the Beverly Hillbillies, Texas tea. That's what it was called. All right. Is he almost done? One more. And that Americans are already hurting. I will do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. This is critical to me. But this aggression cannot go unanswered. If it did, the consequences for America would be much worse. America stands up to bullies. We stand up for freedom. This is who we are. We also repeat the warning I made last week. If Russia pursues cyber attacks against our companies, our critical infrastructure, we are prepared to respond. For months, we've been working closely with our private with the private sector to harden our cyber defenses, sharpen our ability to respond to Russian cyber attacks as well. I spoke last night to President Zelensky of Ukraine, and I assured him that the United States, together with our allies and partners in Europe, will support the Ukrainian people as they defend their country. Yeah, right. We'll provide you humanitarian relief to ease their suffering. And in the early days of this conflict, Russian propaganda outlets will keep trying to hide the truth and claim success for its military operation against a made-up threat. But history has shown time and again how swift gains in territory eventually give way to grinding occupations, acts of mass civil, mass civil disobedience, and strategic dead ends. The next few weeks and months will be hard on the people of Ukraine. Putin has unleashed a great pain on them. 
But the Ukrainian people have known 30 years of independence, and they have repeatedly shown that they will not tolerate anyone who tries to take their country backwards. This is a dangerous moment for all of Europe, for the freedom around the world. Putin has committed an assault on the very principles that uphold the global peace. But now, the entire world sees clearly what Putin and his Kremlin, and, and his Kremlin allies are really all about. This was never about a genuine security concerns on their part. It was always about naked aggression, about Putin's desire for empire by any means necessary, by bullying Russia's neighbors through coercion and corruption, by changing borders by force, and ultimately by choosing a war without a cause. Putin's actions betray his sinister vision for the future of our world, one where nations take what they want by force. But it is a vision that the United States and freedom-loving nations everywhere will oppose with every tool. All right, this is all irrelevant. Here, here, here's something. Here's something. Again, it, it, un, it just cancels out everything he's saying right now. Remember this. When Joe was desperate to become president because he's so vulnerable and his son is vulnerable, and if he's in power, perhaps he can uh, hold off the cops for a few more years. Cut 17. This is what he told us. And then think about what he's saying now. Cut 17. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president. But to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. <laughs> and, and, and where are we today? Again, please. It's far more powerful than fear and oppression. Yeah. Just words. Just a bunch of tough talk. That's all he knows how to do. That's all he's ever done. Since the age of, how old was he? 27 years old. He was 27 when he first became a politician. And that's it. His whole life has been politics. What is that? Smiling, raising money, asking for favors, doing favors, and lining his pockets. Be back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Wow, those reporters suck. Those White House reporters suck. Let me hear the end of this. Let me hear the end of this. Look, you know, every, uh, well, anyway. Can you talk anything more about your conversation? Can you, Mr. President, Mr. President. There he goes. There he goes. There he goes. He's gone. He's gone. Oh, he came back. So India, which is a major defense partner of the United States, is India with fully with you on the issue of Ukraine and Russia? Huh? So is the Defense Department of the United States? So India is one of your major defense partners. Is India fully in sync with the United States on on Russia? We're going to be we're in consultation with with India today. We haven't resolved that completely. One more question. Now okay, he's gone. thank you all very much. Let me hear the rest. All right. That's it. That's it. He's gone. A lot of questions. Are you concerned? Are you concerned? He's going to. Every reporter starts a question like, aren't you concerned? All right. So he says he's the toughest sanctions ever. These they can't go any more intense than this. He's not sanctioning Putin personally. How do you sanction 
the leader of the country personally. I don't know how to do that. I mean, I uh, things that he likes, make sure that he can't get them. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. But does anybody know what this SWIFT thing is regarding the banks? I've heard that he will not pull the trigger on SWIFT. And that is harder than what he's done. But I just heard him say that, no, uh, what I'm doing is more severe than that. Telling the oligarchs that their kids can't go to college in London. Um, I, all right. The VTB Bank is uh, screwed. P- part of it, at least. I f- have a feeling they've got other things going on, but they're going to limit, not cancel, limit the trading they can do, the financial trading they can do. Limit. I did notice that. He used the word limit. And nothing about the oil. I know that pipeline isn't going to flow anytime soon, but what about the oil that's already flowing, that's already moving between? Russia and Europe. That would really, that would really, look, I mean, what do I know about this stuff, really? I just know this, that we are weak, we are bystanders, and it doesn't have to be like this. When Joe Biden blew it in Afghanistan, when he said categorically in advance that this will not be another Vietnam, we will not see embassy personnel being flown off the roof, and when we saw exactly that, Joe Biden decided to become even more mealy mouth than he already was because he was so categorically clearly wrong. He doesn't want to be so categorical again. That's why the other day, but eh, more than the other day, about five weeks ago, he gave all those weird conflicting signals. I, I, I presume he's got to go. I guess he's got to go. He's got very few options right now. My guess is he will invade. Leadership. That ain't leadership. All right, I'm done with this world stuff for the moment because I got problems right here. I'm not taking the subway. I hope you aren't. Hopefully you don't have to, but if you have to, good luck down there. Now, a friend of mine sent me a tape. Uh, Seven this morning. This is the train I used to take, the E-train. And what was going down on it? Three people asleep on the train. Three people, like, I'm not just saying they dozed off. On their way to work. I'm saying sprawled out. All their stuff is on the ground. You know, they're living on the subway. And you get three people on a subway car. You figure one guy, say, six feet and all their stuff takes up like 10, 12 feet. Three of those take up damn near the entire subway car. And didn't Eric Adams just run around giving press conferences and handing out special sweatshirts to the psychologists who are going to tackle this problem? Remember? And it's getting worse. It's getting worse. And how about all those people knifed, knifed, stabbed over the weekend? Hey, I got to say something about Eddie Mullins, Sergeant Mullins, former sergeant, retired Sergeant Mullins from the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. Uh, Look, I like the guy. I did not like that the FBI raided his house last fall without arresting him. If you're going to make the case, make the case. They raided his house, raided his office. And they went through his expense reports. Do you work somewhere where you can file expense reports? Yeah, maybe you do. You got a lunch here, a dinner there, you bought this, you rented a car, and you hand it to some person there and they go through it. It's very stressful, by the way. I've always found expense reports very stressful. And Nine times out of ten, there's some problem with the way you filled it out and it gets kicked back. I just can't stand any of it. So I often eat it when it comes to expenses because it's just such a 
So I'm going through this criminal complaint. They arrested this guy. They allege for padding his expenses. If the meal was 300 bucks, it was upped to 600 bucks. Now, I have a feeling what his defense is going to be, well, I had other expenses and I just threw them in there. And, you know, because it was convenient. The meal was not 300 it was 600 because I paid for all this other stuff. I don't know. I know that he's represented by Mark Mukasey, one of the probably the best criminal defense attorney in the country, an honorable man. I don't think he would have taken this case if if Mullins was uh, a sleaze. And I don't think he is. That's what my gut tells me. I think, his, I think this is political payback. I think this is political payback because he was, let's face it, a brutal critic of uh, de Blasio and Biden and the Democrats. And by the way, what did he do that was so wrong regarding de Blasio? You got to look this up. So the mayor's daughter gets arrested at a Black Lives Matter uh, protest. Now, being that we have a weak and fake media, they didn't want the story. They weren't. They, they, they don't even know how to pursue such a story. And they just, they, they don't. So what's his name? So Mullins puts it out. Mullins puts it out. That's news. That's news. The mayor's daughter gets arrested by city cops at a Black Lives Matter rally. I'm sorry. That is newsworthy. Now, I know the mayor doesn't want you to know that, and there are a lot of reporters, and I'm looking at them right now on TV, who don't think it's news unless the government hands them a press release. they got to be told by the government what's news. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to work, especially when you got these guys who, lusting for power, want to be authoritarians, and they're damn near getting there. So Eddie Mullins puts this thing out, and then... All of hell rains down on him. Now, I'm sorry. It's a brutal world, but that's newsworthy. And if I got that tip, I would have put it out. Somebody gets arrested, that's a that's public. That's part of the public record. And it doesn't mean Kiera de Blasio, whatever her name, is uh, the worst person in the world. It means she might have made a mistake. It means some of the best people I know have been around. Well, is that true? <laughs> I don't want to say that. I don't. I don't know for sure. I, I'm no George W. Bush fan, but he was arrested. I'm no Dick Cheney fan, but he was arrested. Who else was arrested? Who's like you know gone on to do good things? Um, shoot, who else? Let me know. I can't think of anybody. I just. Feels like I should. Mm, um, well, how about no? I was going to say all those civil. Well, yeah, it's all those civil rights activists. How about some of those truckers? Yeah, they got busted. They got arrested. They're good people. Just because you're arrested doesn't mean you're a bad person. And even if you were arrested for something really bad, doesn't mean you can't you know come back from that, recover, and be be, be better for it. Anyway, Eddie Mullins put that stuff out. And it was newsworthy. And do you know what de Blasio said about him? This is pretty amazing. He said, uh, how did it go like, it went something like, I don't know if there's a hell, but if there is, he's going to rot in it. I mean, it was like, whoa, easy does it. Huh? I mean, it's just, that's, so what does it all mean? I don't know. 
I don't know. Very strange times, but I feel free. I feel uniquely free. I really do. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they think. Those silly companies out there, they're so worried about their image. You say one bad thing about Pepsi-Cola on Twitter, they have a little meeting. Hey, by the way, here's something you can learn from Trump. Go out on social media. Make a spectacle out of yourself. Just do it for the hell of it. See what happens. And once you get used to the criticism, it's so freeing. They can't stop you anymore. You'll, it's like drizzle. It makes no difference. So many people are so afraid of getting canceled, of getting criticized. You know, by the way, you can't cancel Coca-Cola. So why the hell are they giving in to the wake, woke mob all the time? Because their, their wussy bosses are so afraid of criticism. They see three tweets about them, and they panic. They absolutely panic. All right, this is something else I wanted to tell you guys about. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, we touched on this yesterday. He's been accepting gifts and contributions, and quite frankly, it's probably not illegal. They all do it. In fact, here's Joe. He took Buttigieg $250,000 from contractors who got big contracts from that town he was the mayor of, South Bend, Fort Bend, Fort Wayne, some small, dinky town in Indiana. And he did all kinds of fate. But that's the way it works. Joe Biden got this right back in 2008, all the way down to the dollar figure, the same dollar figure. Listen to Joe. Cut 23. You go out, Lynn, and bundle $250,000 for me, all legal. And then you call me after I'm elected and say, Joe, I'd like to come and talk to you about something. <laughs> You didn't buy me, but it's human nature. You helped me. I'm going to say, sure, Lynn, come on in. All right. I understand. That's a crummy system. But it's the one we got, and that's the way it works. For Pete Buttigieg, too, former mayor of that broken-down nowhere city in Indiana. Now, Pete Buttigieg is the Secretary of Transportation. He went from mayor of broken-down nowhere city running for president, being taken seriously as a presidential candidate. Now, why is that? Why does that bother me so much? Well, because so much opportunity came to him for two reasons. Phony veteran status, not a real veteran, claims to be a veteran. This bothers the hell out of me. And quite frankly, it doesn't bother me at all. But the fact that he got so much credit for it, he's gay. G-A-Y, so what? I'm straight. It's like me running for office and thinking that because I, <laughs> my orientation is such that somehow I am going to get more attention and benefit. And why, why it bothers me, really, there's a great guy named Wayne Massam. He ran for president, too. He was the mayor of uh, Miramar, Florida. 140,000 people live there. About 40,000 more than were in Pete's little silly town. Why didn't we ever hear about Wayne Massam? Why didn't they invite him to the debate? Cut 24, please. I'm passionate about the American dream because it's not a fictitious thing for me. It's real for me. Went to Florida State on a football scholarship. A legendary coach, Bobby Bowden, won a national championship there. 
started a construction business with my wife. We were recognized by the United States Green Building Council for building the first lead platinum school in the Southeast United States. I became the first African-American mayor of the city of Miramar when I unseated a 16-year incumbent. The city of Miramar actually was able to beat out China and bring jobs to our city. I'm impressed. They didn't invite him to one debate. Uh, Here's the reason why. Now, being a mayor, it's a stretch. It's a stretch to run for president of a moderate-sized city. It is a stretch. But Pete Buttigieg was elevated right away. Welcome to the debate. Yeah, you're in the club. Mainstream media. Couldn't stop writing about him. Wayne Massam, did you notice why, though? Did you notice why? There was a key thing he said. You may not have noticed it. He talked about his wife. Yes, he is married to a woman. And the press did not care about that. But they love that Pete was married to a man. It's as simple as that. What a fake, stupid game. Be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Oh, uh, somebody just handed me something. Let's see. Is it all over in Ukraine? Uh, Let me read this. Uh Uh-oh. It's from RT, Russia. It's that it's that Russian media site. It's basically this is the, this is what Putin punts out. RT, they're Russians basically. I don't ever want to work for RT. A lot of people work for RT. I don't want to work there. But we'll see. You never know. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, but I don't want to work there. Moscow is willing to negotiate terms of surrender with Kiev. Regarding the ongoing Russian military offensive currently taking place in Ukraine, this from the Kremlin press secretary, Dmitry Peskov. He said this today. According to Peskov, Russian President Vladimir Putin has expressed his preparedness to engage in discussions with his Ukrainian counterpart with a focus on obtaining a guarantee of neutral status and the promise of no weapons on its territory. Now, what does it mean by no weapons? No weapons at all? Period? Zero? Every country has weapons. Every country in the world has weapons. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just the kind of fishy thing that Putin would say in the middle of invading a country. Yes, we're ready for negotiations, right? Paul in New York. Hello, Paul. Where in New York are you? Why did I? Why am I yelling so much? Calm down, Paul. I don't know. I'm in, I'm in Dutchess County. Oh, Paul, I'm I got to put you back on hold. I'm sorry. All right, I'm going to put you back on hold. Yeah, no, some other time. Uh, Ann is in Pennsylvania. Hi, Ann. Can you hear me okay? I do. Okay. uh, Maybe you were just being overly dramatic, but you said uh, you don't really care about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. People don't care. Is that true? No, I gave far more perspective and analysis. Uh, I talked about it for about 15 minutes, so uh, did point out that it's a neighboring country and that we've done far worse things, go around the world and invade another country for the wrong reasons. Remember, we went into Iraq looking for weapons of mass destruction, and there were none. Remember that? That was about a million times more destabilizing than Russia going into a, a part of the world that used to be part of Russia. I know it's going to destabilize things and whatever, but uh, we've gotten through worse, and countries have done much less. Anyway, so what's your point? So uh, I feel that this emboldens other bad players in the area. Oh, First, yeah, you Iran. think? You think? So wait a second, though. I'm not putting that on Putin. I Quite frankly, I can't blame the bad players. They're bad. 
I mean, we know he's a tyrant. We know he's a crazy guy. She, he's emboldened. You know what? The, what emboldens them is our weakness. We brought this on. Do you buy that, Ann? Absolutely. All right. So we're on the same page. We're on the same page. You're taking me out of context. Don't be like the fake news. That's what they do all the time. I'll be back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, why does anybody watch the news these days? I'm looking at one of the channels. First of all, all the reporters are at home. They're still at home. This one reporter is reporting from her living room, talking about what other politicians have tweeted. Where is the and then now now I see now they're showing us video from Ukraine. Oh, and guess what? Chuck Schumer has something to say. Let me guess. He's condemning the aggression. This guy is always there after the fact. You ever notice that? He's always chasing disaster. You know what I mean? He always has something appropriate, quote unquote, appropriate to say when it's too late. And he'll call for some new regulations, some new law. Guy's been there for how the hell long has he been there? Uh, he's been in the Senate since 1998. He was a con- he's just another career politician. These people, it's amazing they take a paycheck. And by the way, that goes for the reporters as well. A lot of these reporters, again, reporting from home, that's a bunch of nonsense. You know, it used to be a big scandal. Who remembers the Jason Blair scandal of the New York Times? So this guy was covering the Beltway sniper story. Remember the nut job with the gun on the, on the loose in Washington, D.C.? He was covering that case. He said he was down there. He told his bosses that he was down there, but he was really at his apartment in Brooklyn. And he was just reading stuff online. That was a scandal back then. That was a scandal. The head of the paper had to resign. Now it's just another day at work. Half the political reporters in the country live in Brooklyn. They're just sitting around texting their friends, talking about crap, passing it off as coverage, journalism whatever that means anymore, it is the du- we have the dumbest system going. And it now has put us all at risk, all right, judging candidates for how well they drink a beer or, you know, were they at ease at the Iowa State Fair. Here's another reporter at home. Who can't? Why don't you go somewhere and find? Is it COVID? Is that your excuse? COVID? COVID. Hey, by the way, it's getting time for me to uh, put the little girl in nursery school. I've got big hopes. It's very exciting. But we're going to have a problem if she's got to wear a mask at the age of two, two and a half at school. Are we are we ready to move on from this nonsense? First of all, kids aren't going to wear the mask the way they're supposed to anyway. Secondly, the masks don't make any difference. Oh, it's just a great big twisted wiener package. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. But it's okay. It's okay. There are good things to look at in the world. Like what? Art? Anybody been to the museum lately? Neither have I. What else am I going to do? A good book. A good book can really turn your mood around. And my new thing is carrying a book around with me. Because it gets me off the silly phone, so I don't have to look at the the Instagram girls. How does it know? How does it know my weakness? Why does it keep on showing me those girls on Instagram? And by the way, what is with these girls on Instagram? 
with the selfies and looking them at themselves in the in the phone. Do you realize it used to be embarrassing to be caught looking at yourself in the mirror? Now, every girl, 17 to 24, and a lot of dudes, too, are doing the same thing. You know, a lot of these Instagram stars, they want to be actresses and actors. I'd like to be in the, uh, the audition room, and I'd ask a question. Mm, show me an empathetic look. <laughs> They'd be like, what? Yeah, try, I want you to be empathetic. Let me see some empathy. They would have no idea what the hell. I know how to I know how to suck my cheeks in. I <laughs> Is that what you mean by empathetic? No, it's not. It's not. The way uh my buddy put this, how did things go tonight right now or what Joe Biden did nothing wrong, everything's fine, and he's not responsible for any of it at all. That's basically what just happened. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, not responsible for anything at all. It's all good. What do you guys think? Oh, Marianne is on the phone from Philadelphia. Hello. Hello, Greg. Hi. Greg? Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to finish talking to you about um, Ashley yesterday. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if I don't if I don't get it all out, would, I, would you be able to hold me over? Let's use the time we got. What do you got, Marianne? Okay. Okay. All right. First of all, I want to talk about, I have three. Hey, Marianne, you're not the guest on the show. I'm sorry. You want to talk about. Just start talking. Go. All right. Bill O'Reilly said this morning, the best thing, uh, I caught that too. The best thing to do is to hit them in the pocket, in the banks, in other words. And if any other countries assist the Russians, they should be put the sanctions, the same sanctions be put on them. All right. Marianne from Philadelphia. I want to know about Ashley Babbitt. That's what you want. That's what you said you wanted to talk about. Take it away. All right. You ready? Yes. Ashley, I feel why after I watched the two, her going through, you know, grabbing the guy by the back of his backpack and then punching him in the face and being a veteran and knowing how to handle herself, she probably turned around and noticed that she was surrounded by bad actors. And, you know, John Sullivan was in the corner there filming the whole thing. And these were D.C. police standing in front of her, right? And she was probably hollering at them, how come you're not chasing these guys away from the window? Why are you letting them, allowing them to break the windows? And when the guy broke the window, she pulled him back and punched him in the face, knowing that she's not a threat to anybody, but she's a veteran. She was there for the right reason. Don't 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 overstate the fact that she was a veteran. All right, I w- I'm a veteran too. It doesn't mean I'm a trained killer. All right, it doesn't. Don't make too much of that. I think you're right, though. She may have noticed that everybody around her is a bad guy. The cops are gone, and then she made a run for it. Right? Yeah, and she was there for the right reasons. I'm I'm just saying, you know, your heart's not, her heart was in the right place, and then when she saw the um. You could see the um, congressman walking in the hallway like as if nothing was going on, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Hey, listen, I mean, can I if you don't mind, though, her jumping through the window isn't the great big mystery here. We'll never know exactly why. I think your theory is 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 a good one. I think you might be right, but we will never know exactly what she was thinking. We won't know that. We're not going to know that. 
But it doesn't matter because we do know this. She wasn't armed. All right. We know where she was. We know where she was exactly when she was shot. We know her actions. She did not pose a deadly threat to anybody. And that is the only, only circumstance in which Michael Byrd would have been allowed to shoot her if she posed a deadly threat, a serious threat of bodily injury to someone. Or, and she didn't. So, you know, I mean, it's not like you crack the code here. I'm sorry, but the, cause there's no code to crack. We already know. We know. We saw it. We got the tape. She was murdered. You understand? I know she was. She didn't see Leroy hiding in the, in the alcove there. And in my in my opinion, I think they wanted to take down a Trump supporter. Well, I don't know about that, Marianne. I must say, I don't know. All I mean, we we're not going to know. We need this guy. We need a real investigation. I don't know what the statute of limitations. I don't know if you can get this guy on civil rights charges. I don't know, but we've got to get more. We need to know more. And uh, hey, by the way, why the heck are we catering all the time around here? What would you do if you had access to all-you-can-eat M&Ms? That's what I go through every single day. You know, sometimes I see these guys, 400-pound guys, like how do they ever become that way? I Now I know. I know. It's going to happen to me. Oh, gosh, it's tough. I'm working. I'm trying the skinny, but it's hard. With all this free food around, I know it's. Uh, I sound like a jerk complaining about free food. It's delicious. I'm grateful, but too much of anything is not good. How am I? All right. So I want to take one more call. Oh wow, this sounds like a gross call, Pete. What do you want to talk about? What what, what the hell's tub tubba? What, Pete? Hello. Hey, Greg. How you doing? What's on? What do you? Yeah, what, what? I just want your opinion on Tubbs, who was uh, who's Tubbs arrested of a he was a child molester over in California. Why, why? So I don't know who it is. Am I supposed to? Well, sort of, because you do have an interest in this. Well, who is it? Well, Tubbs was the person who was arrested for child molesting and went up uh, to the grand jury with uh, Gaston, and the, his his he got pleaded down. Oh, this case. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all the DAs are uh, DAs are, are threatening to walk out. Uh, Gascon has said that he made a mistake and he's reevaluating and all this stuff, right? Correct. Yeah. You know that he's eligible to work in any child care center because of the plea down? Uh, wow. How how gross is that? How did, how, how how whacked is that? You know, Gascon, I think he's on record as saying, "Yes, some uh it will be less safe for a while, but ultimately society will be better with his cockamamie schemes and scams. This is all catching up to them. Hey, by the way, two DAs resigned from Alvin Bragg's office. Uh, if they have mass walkouts, that may be that may be a way to keep these guys grounded somewhat. So, yeah, no, thanks for reminding me. The Tubbs case in California, where does it stand right now? What's the latest thing on it? Well, on him right now is he doesn't have to be filed for a child molester. He can live in. He can live right next door to you, Pelly boy. I don't know if I like your tone there, Pete. <laughs> I'm uh, just saying. That's, yeah, that's I understand, Pete. I understand. I don't think he's going to come to my neighborhood. He's in California, whatever. But you'll let me know. No, it's bad news, man. And what can I say? They're all over it. And uh, the district attorneys there, the ADAs, Voted like 99 to 1 to fire this guy's ass, and I love it. I love it.
I want to hear from the rank and file district attorneys, the good guys, the good women. And there are plenty of them out there. Not these woke bosses who got funded by George Soros to win these offices. I'm talking about those who they don't want to see guilty people go free. They don't want to see armed robbers get charged with petty larceny. It's common sense. It's not people who got radicalized at college or whatever the hell happened to Alvin Bragg on some stoop in Harlem. He talks about that in his letter on his first day in the job. You know, he saw someone he saw someone punched in the face while he sat on the stoop. So Joyce in Rockland, one thing, yes. I'm so glad to speak to you. Why? Finally. Um, I'm in Rockland County, but I'm just trying to control myself. I look at the sanctions he put on Russia, the creature in the White House. Mm. I look at the sanctions, and they really put sanctions on us first by Biden closing the Keystone Pipeline, giving billions of dollars to, uh, to Putin, whose economy was in the, in the hole. More or less. I don't know what other word to use right now. I'm very upset. The first thing he could have done to show he had any any loyalty to the United States of America would be to open the Keystone Pipeline again. And he didn't even mention it. We need Donald Trump back, and I pray to God that Jesus intervenes and somehow they can overturn this fraudulent election. There's got to be some way to get these people out of office. And you got Patrick Sullivan also involved in the Hillary Clinton case with all the uh, the uh, impeachments and spying on um, President Trump. You mean Jake Sullivan? Jake Sullivan. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, uh, number one, first point, man, I never thought of it that way, but I think that's a great way to put it. It was a sanction imposed on us by Biden shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. Very much so. Joe Biden has put this country through worse than the world is putting Russia through right now through sanctions. That's brilliant. Uh, The other thing, uh, no, the election's not going to be turned around. We're going to know the truth about it someday. I have grave doubts, but Joe Biden is the president. I don't like it. I do have, (laughs) I think the, the election, all kind of phony baloney stuff happened. I know it. You do too. Time's going fast, though. It's going to be time, basically, to early next year. I think the campaign starts. Anyway, don't worry about it, Joyce, okay? Hang in there. It's going to be great. We're going to have fun, too, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, Joyce. I got to go. I'll be back. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Oh, man. I want to take a cruise. I've never been on a pleasure cruise I'm looking at a Norwegian, uh, Norwegian Queen, Norwegian, uh, Nor- Norwegian cruise line NCL. It's got a racetrack on the ship. It's actually got a racetrack with go karts, motorized go karts on the top of the ship. That looks very cool. I would love to do that. I mean, I guess I could go to a go kart track. I haven't been one. Why would I go to one on a cruise ship? I don't know. It just looks like an interesting combination. Uh, we back to cruising. Nobody COVID threw it for a real loop. All right. That guy called about uh, Hannah Tubbs, transgender child molester, bragging nothing will happen to him under that crazy woke district attorney Gascon in Los Angeles. I got to hear this. This is uh, Hannah Tubbs. Cut nine. 
Don't worry about it. It's a strike. But they're going to plead. I'm going to plead out to it. I'm going to plead guilty. They're going to stick me on probation, and it's going to be dropped. It's going to be done. Done. I won't have to register once or nothing. For an offender, you don't have to register? I won't have to do none of that. So what are they going to do to you then? Nothing. Huh. All right. Somewhere inside a juvenile hall uh, in some town... 26-year-old Hannah Tubbs is serving her sentence for sexually assaulting a 10-year-old child in a Denny's bathroom nearly a decade ago. The Tubbs case, I'm reading from the L.A. Times, has become fodder. Yeah, here they go. They're going to make it about us. They're going to make it about us. Right-wing media. But in this instance, Tucker Carlson and his far-right gotcha groupies have a point. Oh, thank you. And I really hate saying that. Oh, this is from some fake news jerk, uh, Anita Charbia. All right, here's where even she has to acknowledge the facts. Wait. Okay, here we go, yeah. The absurdity of prosecuting Tubbs as a minor and the outcome of that decision, likely months in a detention facility for juveniles with little access to sex offender treatment or monitoring after release, are a subversion not just of the legal process, but of years. Wait a second. Not only, not only, wow, 26 years old, put him in a juvenile hall, Hannah Tubbs. Originally, you know, his name was Henry. It's a boy. It's a boy, transgender, one of these things. Tubbs has drug problems. California becomes the gift that keeps giving for those who believe we need to dial the clock back to the sledgehammer justice days that spawn laws like three strikes. All right, so this person is uh, all over the map ideologically. This is a crazy case. Let me just find a little bit more straight news here. More disturbing Hannah Tubbs jailhouse calls surface an email showing Gascon's office Aware weeks ago, files obtained by Fox News Digital show Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon's office was aware of disturbing jailhouse recordings of transgender child molester Hannah Tubbs gloating about a light sentence on February 2nd. Gascon released a statement Sunday denying knowledge of the recordings until after Tubbs' sentencing. Audio files sent to Gascon's office on February 2nd contained titles such as Pled to avoid adult time. Racist. Time in the hole doesn't care because been sentenced. Blah, 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 blah. The call files were attached on email to managers at Gascon's office that was obtained by Fox News Digital. Jailhouse recordings of Tubbs were revealed this week and showed Tubbs admitting it was wrong to attack a 10-year-old girl in a women's bathroom back in 2014, but gloated over the light punishment. I'm going to plead out of it, plead guilty, Tubbs said in one recording. They're going to stick me on probation, and it's going to be dropped. It's going to be done, and I won't have to register. We won't have to do nothing. We just heard him say that. You won't have to register, the father asked on the line during the conversation. So what are you going to do then? Nothing, Tubbs answered, then laughed. Tubbs was sentenced in January to two years at a juvenile facility because Gascon's office declined to transfer the case to adult court adhering to one of the progressive prosecutors' day one directives barring children from being tried as adults. This is really nonsense stuff. This is really, really wild. Man, oh man, oh man, society is slipping away. And they write us off. 
the right-wing outrage machine. I think we're defenders of law and order and sanity. That's how I look at it. All right, I got to get my act together for the show tonight. Thank you all. I will uh, be back tomorrow, but on TV tonight at 7. Best of luck.